imagine if David Venture made a movie with Timothy Chalamet? Well, he hasn't made a movie in, like, what, five years? Gone Girl is 2014, so... Is Timmy gonna bring him out? I I would love <clears throat> what it. What would that be? What movie would it be? Mm-hmm. Um, well, if it's a David Venture movie, it's probably about, like, murder. It's another Zodiac, but <gasps> Timothy... The Zodiac like a... sequel with Timothy. Does <laughs> he solve the case? <laughs> if we solve the Zodiac case, maybe it's, like, a young... Or he's, like the 23 and me contributor that like catches the zodiac <laughs> that would be so great oh that i mean that would just be like too much for me like i can't have like all my people in the same yeah you need timothy to make some like bad movies here and there just to like yeah. level out your expectations right. we need more love the coopers right. more but to be fair like on the side we're all wondering why we're like supporting this for you because <laughs> we're just fanning the flames i know i know and I guess that's a really good place to come in and say that this is Chasing Chalamet, a bi-weekly podcast where I, Dane McDonald, uh, noted Timothy Stan and semi-functional pop culture philosopher, and a special guest deep dive into the filmography of the young Oscar-nominated actor Timothy Hal Chalamet. Yes, his middle name is Hal. Wow, I did not his know His initials that. are THC, and I take a hit of that sweet shit every day. <laughs> Um, and as this is our first episode, uh, I thought I'd take a moment to answer the question, why Timothy? Why now? Um, why spend time and energy digging into the work of an actor who, as of this recording, has only starred in 12 released feature films? The answer is I need to put this fascination and, as Jessica can uh, attest to this obsession, to good use. So, I figured, why not start a podcast where I can discuss his work with the people who I respect, friends whose opinions I value, why not hang out with those I love and talk shop? And by shop, I of course mean our greatest living young actor under the age of, I'll say 30? I'd personally say he is our greatest living actor, but that might just be because I suffer from perpetual Daniel Day-Lewis fatigue. (laughs) But that is a topic for a different time. So having said that, um, I'll just break down what I'm initially seeing as the format of this podcast. Uh, Just in case I change things down the line, I will say this podcast is a living, breathing document, so don't get too comfortable. It's probably going to change. But for now, myself and my guest will open with a broad spectrum discussion of the film that we're talking about that day. Thoughts, feelings, critiques, praise, really whatever comes to our mind. Then we can dig in on Timmy's performance and his role in the film. What function does he serve to the story? Is he cast well? What does his participation in this film bring to the table? Then, and this is the fun part, on a scale from one to five peaches, we will together grade the film in different categories. The quality of the film, his performance, his general attractiveness, and most importantly, his hair. That beautiful, glorious mane of hair that keeps me coming back to Beautiful Boy, even though I don't want to rewatch that movie. So, now that that's taken care of, I'd like to introduce today's very special, very intelligent, very phenomenal guest. She's one of the many supporting Sagittariuses I have in my circle. Uh, She's an incredibly gifted artist and illustrator, generally one of the best people that I know. It's Jessica Deal. Oh my god, I did not expect that intro. That, that was beautiful so sweet. little thing I wrote for you. <laughs> that was amazing. Thanks, Dane. Of course. It should be noted that Jessica and I spend... At least 40 hours a week together because... Usually more. Usually more, but at least 40 because we work in the same office. We do. But we are good friends, so we elect to spend more time together on top of that, which either means we're really good for each other or we're crazy. Right. Or both. 
Leo Sag. Leo Sag. I don't know. We just like we work. The Leo Sag support is real. I bring out uh, your fire. You bring out my sense of adventure. I think is what it would say. I Mm -hmm. think I'm like I level you out a bit too. Maybe that's true. Yeah, that is true. Lasso you you in. You and you give me. You give me my fire as well. Yeah. So you can follow both of us on Twitter for more. (laughs) Zodiac astrology Sorry, this takes. Is, that'll be our other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jessica, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I, as Dane mentioned, I am an illustrator, designer, designer by trade, and I, I also freelance all the time. I feel like I'm perpetually busy. I am a Wyomingite by way of California, by way of Austin, Texas, and now in Chicago. So I guess that's the sad jumping out. I, I move a lot, and that I'm never is. really satisfied. But yeah, that's pretty much just me. <laughs> That's Jessica. That's me. And obviously I'll ask this question of you too, but um, I'd like to briefly talk about why I wanted to kick off this little series with you and our first movie, which is Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird. Lady Bird is a movie that we both saw in theaters when it came out at the end of 2017. We didn't see it together, and I don't think we've ever watched it together. No. No. I went by myself, actually. Wow. Yeah. I saw an early screening of it with a couple of friends of ours, and I only saw it that one time in theaters, but I've watched it a lot since then. But yeah, we never we never watched it together, but we both were profoundly affected by it, I think is Oh yeah. Fair. You warned me. Yes, you I did. You were like, if you don't like call your mom when you leave the theater, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Something, yeah. something's wrong with you, basically. 100%. <laughs> and you were not wrong. No. <laughs> so I'll let you kind of get into your own personal feelings on it, obviously throughout this podcast and after I go through this little spiel. I definitely wanted to talk about Lady Bird with you for two really specific reasons. One, in the film, the character of Christine Lady Bird McPherson is graduating high school in the year 2002, which is roughly the age you were when you graduated high school. I think you were a little younger. Yeah, than... she would have been my brother's age, like three years older okay. than me. Yeah, 2002. And I graduated 05. Okay. So, so yeah, that... we're dating me here, but that's sure. fine. <laughs> the general yeah. early to mid 2000s totally. uh, malaise, if you will. Yes, which I could definitely relate to. Sure. And then two, the center of this film is really about the relationship between a mother and a daughter. And I wanted to balance out my perspective with someone who can, you know, more accurately speak to that very intricate, very complex You've never been in a mother-daughter relationship? I haven't. Um, I have been in a gay-son-mother relationship, (laughs) which I have to believe is a parallel path that hues pretty closely. (laughs) Um, I think watching this movie, I think if you have a mother or have a parental friendship, that is something you understand. But I, it would be remiss if I didn't talk about this movie with a woman who had that experience with their mother. So that's why I wanted to talk about it with you. How did you feel when I asked you to come on and talk about this movie? I was obviously very honored. And definitely, I feel like I got it. Like, immediately, I was like, when I saw the film, even just from the poster, like, the beautiful typography, just everything, like, Saoirse, like, her dyed hair, just everything, I was just like, this feels like me. Mm -hmm. Like, immediately, I knew I was going to relate to it so much, so... I get it, and I'm glad that you recognize that as well. Mm-hmm. Watching it, I don't. I think it's more than even just being like early 2000s, whatever. Mm-hmm. But just like being kind of an oddball a little bit, and I also left my a small hometown to like pursue college in another state, and most of the world was against me. So I completely can relate to it in a yeah. lot of ways. 
And I didn't even really, like, actively think about it in all of those ways. But it is interesting how there is, like, that... A ton of parallels. Yeah. Yeah. Well... I wish I was as cool as Lady Bird, Oh, I mean, we all do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. Let's jump in and kind of begin with just a general discussion of the film. I rewatched it last night. I don't remember the exact last time I rewatched it. I think I've kind of, like, started it and not finished it a couple times, but... I started it last night and just from that first shot where you see them in bed together and I don't know if this is the first time I noticed it but I definitely right away noticed that they're facing each other and Laurie Metcalf who plays her mom Marion McPherson has this like pajama top on with these flowers and then Lady Bird played by Saoirse Ronan also has this pajama top with a flower pattern on it. And I just was like, oh my God. Like, (laughs) I love movies where like from the first shot or the first line, it kind of like surmises everything you're about to see. And this just image of these two women who are not the mirror of each other, but, you know, just bound together in life for so many reasons, just paralleled like that. It was just I was just like, yes, this, I I was, it was just like sinking into a warm bath and being like, yes, I'm about to experience this beautiful thing. And yeah, I was really, on this rewatch, I was just really struck by how in tune I was to how beautifully Greta writes and directs all of the supporting characters. And I mean, obviously that's apparent with Marion, but you know, her best friend, Julie, her first boyfriend, Danny, honestly like Timmy it's this is a Timothy Chalamet podcast but he's kind of so far down the line on this movie but that actually really speaks to what I think is so beautiful about the movie is there's just so many moments of beauty for every supporting character in Lady Bird like everyone gets like a moment even though at the heart of it it is this love it's actually I would say it's kind of the love story of this mother and this daughter and then the kind of side plot to that is the love story between Lady Bird and her best friend Julie. And we can get into that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just so moved by how this movie celebrates women women and yeah. women's relationships. Maternal, friendly, like romance, of course, but like that's not the main thrust of this movie. That just like really hit me this time on this rewatch. Totally. Yeah, it's like part of coming of age that you're going to have these like obsessions and crushes and things like that. But yeah, it really is the backdrop of like her and her relationship with her mom and this like ebb and flow of love and respect, but also just a ton of conflict and really fundamental misunderstanding Mm -hmm. that you just like, I don't know, I don't want to keep relating it back to me, but I totally get that. And actually, like, I, I don't know, my relationship with my mom was very... My mom passed away, I guess I should mention that. So this is very, like, fresh, especially. And, like, when I saw the film, it's been about four months. It was kind of in the throes, like, she had cancer. So watching that in the middle of this and sort of evaluating this mother-daughter relationship and definitely remember being a teenager and not appreciating what you have, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the Lady Bird story arc sort of, I mean, it ends really beautifully where she calls her and, like, leaves that voicemail for her. So that that she gets there is really sweet. And I think I got there with my mom as well. And actually, the, I had sort of the opposite experience where in high school, when I was le- wanting to leave, she was my only advocate. My mom was. So, like, I almost related more in a lot of ways to her relationship with her father. Because um, he was the one that was really rooting for her and kind of, like, behind the scenes helping. 
my dad was the one who totally shut me out when I left. And then we had to rebuild our relationship. Mm -hmm. So a lot of parallels, but really different. And then my mom was my advocate. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, So hard to watch that sort of like all, all their conflict where she's talking about leaving her clothes around. And I understand like, you know, they were also didn't have a ton of money and mm-hmm. all the all these things. But Sacramento described as the Midwest of California. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've never been, like, <laughs> but that seems very accurate yeah. from what I've heard. And then just from the, I mean, just from that like opening Joan Didion quote, like that's just like, again, like the perfect framing device for what this whole movie is going to be about. Totally. Yeah. It's kind of like what I was saying with the dad, like there are just these moments for every character and Something I something I really picked up on this rewatch was how they're in in one scene. You don't ever like take one person's side. You you really bounce between the two of them, like in any fight they have. Like totally, that's good. They're they're. I I don't think there's one scene where I was fully like Lady Bird is totally in the wrong here, or Marion is totally in the wrong here. Like they both say unkind things to each other. Like I think. Ultimately, the film lands on you should probably be a little bit more respectful of your parents and, you know, not be such, like, a little shit sometimes. <laughs> but there are things that Marion says to her that are not kind. I mean, you should just go to City College and go to jail. I mean, like, that's not... Yeah. I actually can't think of a time, like, my mom said anything that mean to me. No. But what's so beautiful about the writing and obviously Laurie Metcalf's performance is that there's never malice in it it's coming from frustration it's coming from i mean it's it's completely encapsulated in that scene in the thrift store where she says i want you to be the best version of yourself that you can be right and she's not she's not trying to be cruel she's not trying to shame her like it's it's coming from a place of love but that's in response to Ladybird asking her if she loves or if she likes her not only loves mm-hmm. her which like sort of killed me a little bit and she couldn't yeah. say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she like clearly she. I mean, the whole thing is about the way that she knows how to love her. Yeah, and it's not the way that she necessarily wants at that time in her life. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think a less intelligent movie would have said, "Of course, I like you," but like Greta doesn't go for that. Like it, it's it's. I just I think it's so bold, which is so interesting to say about a movie that kind of seems as like. It's not a quiet movie, and it's not a breezy movie, but there is kind of a a lightness in the sense that it just feels real. Like, right. there's no... It's one of those movies where there's no stakes, but, like, everything is stakes, like, because it's life. Right. But, you know, there's not a bomb going off. There's not a countdown. Like, it's just... Like, this crazy dramatic story arch or anything. Right. Yeah, it just kind know. of... Meand- like I said, it meanders and it kind of just goes where her story... Like, it's kind of weird to watch it and realize how much time passes in the whole... Like, I think it's about a year yeah because the school year starts and then it ends with her start so it's probably a little more than a year because she's probably visiting that school in the beginning in like the summer True. i think maybe yeah i'm going through the play and yeah play. speaking of the play <laughs> one of the one of the scenes that stuck out the most to me and i swear to god if you're listening to this because of timothy chalamet we're going to get to him <laughs> but he's just so far down the list of important things in this movie right. i'm glad and, we're acknowledging that for the record <laughs> yeah but the, i mean and I'll, I'll get to it but i think he knows that and I think Greta knows that and I think the movie knows that I love any movie where 
it's just like kind of a token cool hot guy mm-hmm. who doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, right. And they like know for it. That. Yeah. Yeah. But what does matter is like, I mean, obviously we've touched on the relationship with her mom, but her relationship with Julie played by Beanie Feldstein. I've always loved her performance, but it just hit me so hard on this rewatch. The shot where they see their names on the cast list and Lady Bird's kind of like, what the fuck? Like, I, like, wore a dress. Like, you didn't even wear a dress and, like, you got this lead role. And, like, her friend's trying to, like, support her and her upsetness. But, like, also, she's, like, so proud of herself. And you see that when Lady Bird walks away and then Julie, like, touches her finger to her name on the... Like, I just, like, it broke me. Like, I... And just everything that, like, from her little crush to the, on the teacher and, like, when she walks up and they're redoing the uh, the grade book and she's like, I think it was an A minus. He's like, pretty sure it was an A. And she goes, you're welcome. I mean, they, like, it's just, <laughs> it's such a beautiful performance. And then later in the movie, it just highlights, like, why you want them to come together. And I guess we can kind of transition this into talking about Timmy's performance in the sense that in that scene in the car, they're going to prom and she hears the Dave Matthews song, which that hit me in such a personal way because I also don't like Dave Matthews band. But then hearing that song after they shared that moment, I had that same thing where I was like, I don't like this song, but like, I love this song. I know. And where she in that moment, like wasn't caring about being cool in mm -hmm. front of these people. And she's like, I love this song. Because she just wanted to go hang out with her best friend. I know. And then when she gets to Julie's apartment and Julie's like crying on the couch and the, they never really explain why. I know, I know. And I love that. I love that it's like, is she sad she's not going to prom? Did she miss her friend? Is she sad she doesn't have a date? Is she upset because, like, I think her mom and that guy who she was, like, calling her uncle, which is so funny, <laughs> I, did they, like, break up? Like, they, Greta never has to, like, in her script, she's never over-explaining anything. Yeah, like, none of them are overwritten. No, at all. At all. It's, it's, it's honestly, like, the perfect definition of, like, mise-en-scene, where they just drop you what you need, and even, even not everything you need. How many lines like that are there in the movie? Which like, has to be so much more complicated than I'll ever understand. Sure. How to write that way. Because to write that, that, I'm sure you have to know everything, but the audience doesn't, and it, like, it blows my mind. Yeah. But, like, from... Marion had her throwaway line of like my mother was an abusive alcoholic and that's all you need to hear right. and she leaves that scene and it's like that's and it. even even that like all like Marion's very small interaction interactions with her co-workers like the other like when she brings the birthday gift to the other nurse or whatever mm-hmm. like that says everything you need to know about yep. what kind of person she is yeah she has that little line where she's like it's more for you guys and the beat like it's it's just sweet. It's and, this yeah. marriage of Greta's script and Laurie's performance. I mean, that's, I think that's the magic of the movie is really the writing combined with Saoirse and Laurie's performances, right. really like at the heart of it. But to get to <laughs> the man, yes, the useless man, as they all are. <laughs> so Timothy in this movie plays Kyle Schneib. 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 Honestly, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The token hot guy. Right. Really. Like, you see him briefly in the opening credits when they're all, like, praying in church. Actually, I love that if you screenshot his name in the credits, you see it's the scene where all of the girls, like, have their hands on their hearts for the pledge. So the screenshot's literally, like, women with their hands on their hearts, and then it says Timothy Chalamet. Love that. Love that. It's perfect. And he kind of comes in later. I think she's still dating Danny. Yeah, she sees him playing in the band. Mm -hmm. Which... 
I'm projecting, but I just feel like Jessica Deal oh, had God. many of those moments. <laughs> he was like, he represented everything I was, and probably still I'm attracted <laughs> to, but definitely me in high school. Like, I love the guy that like walked around the halls with just like, didn't need to talk to anyone and was just listening to music and like mm-hmm. a little moody and like probably reading Howard Zinn or something. Oh, like, he's exactly all of those things and just so cliche. Yeah. But. I don't know, but hilarious. So like funny. The, his lines are the absolute best. Yeah, it, it's that thing of he has just these little, like, they, yeah. I don't even want to call them throwaway lines because they're so crucial, but, like, just from him, when she says she doesn't have a cell phone and he says, good girl, like, it's just, it, it's just, it says everything in two lines. Right. and it's, The tracking device. Two words. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's so funny, yeah. and him saying that's hella tight. I haven't lied in two months. No, two years. <laughs> two years? Oh two my. years? Oh, okay. man. We'll get to that scene. <laughs> but, yeah, I that's what I think is so great about his role. I, I kind of, I always call it, like, the Chris Pine effect, which, by that I mean, Chris Pine showed up to Wonder Woman knowing exactly who he was playing. He was playing second fiddle to Gal Gadot. Like, he, he knew what was happening. He knew he was the beefcake. And that didn't mean he didn't have a good role. It didn't mean he wasn't great. It didn't mean he did nothing to do. He's just playing the role that if you think about a typical male-led movie, there are like two to three women in the cast who play second, third, fourth fiddle to him, if that. And I feel like Timothy, the way the role was written and the way that he performed it, he knew he was there to serve Lady Bird's story, which is why I like that we're focusing less on his performance, or at least in talking about the upfront of the film, because it's not about him. And that's just, again, it's crucial to what Greta wrote. It's crucial to the function of every supporting character in this movie. It's about how they serve Lady Bird's story and, like, what they meant to her. Right. And I think he's he's really just there to be, like... I mean, I think, actually, the, the crucial function of his role is in that prom scene when they're driving in the car. In any other movie, she would have the car turn around and get out of the car to go to the guy. But she doesn't. She goes to her best friend. Right. And I think it's his purpose in that movie is to be the person who you would think she was going to run to, but then she doesn't. Right. Because he sucks. And I think a lot of people, a lot of high school girls would have done in real life as well. So I think there's probably, I know this is sort of like Greta's love letter to Sacramento and like a lot of personal stuff is in there too, but I think that Christine Ladybird gets to be sort of like a little bit of what we all wanted to be, you Mm. know? So, like, I probably would have stayed in the car mm-hmm. and then regretted it later. Right. Like, it's almost this, like, wish fulfillment of, right. like, it's it's what you would have wanted to do now. I want to believe we could do now. Right. Like, I, like, it's like, I, I the person I, I think I was in high school. Like, yeah. that's what I hope I acted Not like. chasing cool boys. Right. Oh, man, he's such a cool boy. Who were, like, too cool for clove cigarettes <laughs> and, like, sitting outside a party by a pool, just, like, not caring about anything. But speaking of her, like, or Greta's writing, but just those little bits that give you so much insight is just, like, I feel like Kyle's relationship with his father, you get, like, kind of, like, two little anecdotes, and it's mm-hmm. that he was going to college for him, mm-hmm. right? And then... When she's leaving his room and his dad is asleep. And yeah. I, that's like all you need to know about mm-hmm. it. It's like more complex. Than yeah. Just... And that just goes to show that even though he's playing this supporting role in her life, he still has this interior to what he's going through. And when she makes the crack about, I'll kill your fucking family, which is hilarious, like, first of all. And then <laughs> for him to say, like, my dad has cancer. Like, it, it, it just opens up this whole right. character that wouldn't be there in 
um, um, another movie that is like this. And you're right, like, there's that line, and I love the haven't lied in two years. Like, I just think that is, it just, you were like, what happened that he decided not to lie anymore? I mean, clearly he did, because in the scene where they're at the house party and they go into the room, he says, like, me neither, me neither. So, like, clearly he's lying, but what made him think he hasn't lied in two years or... I know, do you think he forgot to say that? Right. Yeah, just in the heat of the moment. He, like, wants to have sex with her. It's so... It's fascinating. Like, I... It's so great that he doesn't have a huge, like, role to fill, but he's still got to, like, imbue this entire character into how many... He must have, like, 25 or 30 lines in the whole movie, maybe. He's hilarious. He's so funny. It's And it's actually... That's actually interesting, because he... I feel like if you look at his very... Like, as I said, 12 movies, limited filmography, he doesn't have a lot of comedy. And a lot of the comedies I either haven't seen or haven't seen in a long time, so I don't think of him as, like, a comedy actor. But I'd love to see him do more of that, because I think he's hilarious. Can I ask you how... So Call Me By Your Name came out before Lady Bird. No. Right? Okay. Because I know I saw it later. You saw... Yeah, you saw Lady Bird... Because this was my first introduction to Timothy Chalamet. It was mine, too. Okay. It was mine, too. That's what I was trying to figure out. And how into his YouTube videos were you before you saw this? We're going to that right away, aren't we? (laughs) Don't invite your friends to do your podcast. All right. So Jessica's showing her hand, and Jessica's (laughs) saying that she's been to many a pregame at my condo, where we've watched videos of Timothy Chalamet rapping. (laughs) And those videos exist, and you should watch them online. Yeah, Dane and Hunter Harris have watched, like, a million views of these. But, I mean, like, those... Like, clearly he's very hilarious. Yeah. Like, he just has a sense of humor about himself. But he's also, I feel like... I also now follow him on Instagram because of Dane. Mm-hmm. I think within like 30 seconds of me following him, you screenshotted it and acknowledged <laughs> it. I don't know how. But I mean, he also is a cool guy. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I think there's just something about, there's a real authenticity to like who he is kind of in right. the Right. And the I, I think that's kind of hugely juxtaposed against his role, which is kind of, kind of why I wanted to talk about his casting because, you know, obviously... As, as our producer Will said earlier, it's, it's called acting, you know, you don't have to, you can, you, you don't have to be who you are in a role, but I really do think he, he is not playing someone who appears to be what he is like in real life. Right. Um, so how do you feel like he's cast in this movie? Like, do you, do you think it's odd that this, like, as you refer to him very often in our personal life, this beautiful soft boy <laughs> is playing such an asshole? Like, do you, does that connect to you does it is it different because maybe you saw the movie before you knew him yeah I think re-watching it I, I I definitely perceive it really differently than the first time around like it was like perfect I totally got it but now I think with as much to me knowledge as you you have imbued me with um now it's just it's a different feeling about it but he I mean he's obviously a very attractive person mm-hmm. and he seems a little like like, I don't think it's totally inauthentic. He seems like he probably sits around and reads poetry and mm-hmm. posts obscure things on Instagram. I know he does that. Yeah, so, and then deletes them. Right. So I don't think... Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's perfectly cast. He kind of... It's almost like they brought out like what could potentially be like a side of his personality. Right. Like, there is this side to him that would like smoke a clove cigarette and like read whatever that pretentious book he's reading like outside her coffee shop and... Don't you think he like 
Yeah, what is he reading? Like Catcher in the Rye or something? No, it's (laughs) it's like the American something or other. It's a weird... It's not Howardson, is it? No, I'll look up. Will's going to look it up. Our producer. Our producer Will is looking it up. Producer Will. Um, Can that be your name? Cool. Yeah, he... It's almost like they zeroed in on this, like, artsy hipster, like, facet to who he is and, like, turn that up to 11. I mean, it seems like he's having a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like it's, like, always, like, he's about to crack up sort of just mm-hmm. playing this like. and i i was gonna bring that up because he just i just think he's just is like my perception is he's just like happy to be there and i i kind I mean, of wouldn't you be oh of <laughs> course oh my god like on a set with yeah. like greta gerwig and saoirse ronan and even though they don't share any like scenes together right. like to to have acted in a movie where laurie metcalf gives the performance that she gives in that movie i just can't think of a greater right. honor even but though we he, know that he, he is reading a people's history of the united states okay oh God. I think, I don't know if I knew that or if I, that just seemed like totally spot on, but yeah. The People's History yeah. of the United Which States. Which I've read when I went, I mean, it's sort of mind-blowing, but. I, I don't even know what that book is. But it but... just, it like matches that persona. Mm-hmm. Just like, he know like, and, and his whole thing about like cell phones being tracking devices. Mm-hmm. Like he just like knows more than anyone else in the room, even yeah. though he's like 18 years old. But. <laughs> But, and this kind of segues nicely into his performance, there are these moments where the vulnerability comes out. Like, I feel like I only noticed it on this rewatch, but when they're having sex and he finishes so quickly, his arms come out. Like, it's almost like this (laughs) prayer. And it's like the one time in the movie where he's, like, being vulnerable mm. because he's just like climaxed right and he's probably embarrassed that it happens so quickly she asks him right if, mm-hmm. if he's done yeah and who the he... fuck is on top their first time <laughs> not me <laughs> 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 sorry take a sip of wine after that one my mom is screaming right now um, so much i could say but i will not <laughs> but you won't you have to save a couple things for the interstellar mm, episode right <laughs> but yeah it's like the one point in the movie where he I guess I guess it kind of comes out a bit when she makes the crack about killing his family and she says or he says my dad has cancer but it, like the front comes down and I just think that you know not that Lady Bird I was actually kind of wondering like what I was trying to find like a comparison for Lady Bird and I was like eh, it's not really like John Hughesian really like it's actually I would say like more smart like deeper than a John yeah, Hughes less movie. like one dimensional right and obviously like you know those movies were made a long time ago so mm-hmm. we've come further for so many things but similar I think in the way that teenagers felt represented sure yeah I, I think that like looking at this movie I can imagine that's how someone watching The Breakfast Club or Pretty mm-hmm. in Pink would feel I mean to think of Pretty in Pink the um, Andrew McCarthy character mm-hmm. he's just such an asshole and there's no like he, he, that's his mm. only personality trait really is that he's an asshole kyle is an asshole but he gets these moments where you see he's a real person and you see that he has struggle and you see that he has insecurity and it's not as deep or as meaningful as ladybird's journey but it just goes to show that like every single person she encounters in this year plus of her life is like living this whole interior life and it's just so nice that like I, I I like I hate praising men for anything, but it's just I hate that I'm gonna Says say the it. The man who makes a Timothy Chalamet uh, podcast. Uh, we're not gonna dig into the <laughs> emotional semantics of that. Um, but it's just 
it's so nice that he is so game to show up and play those kind of roles. And I think that he, I think he even said like when he, when it was announced, he was like cast in Little Women. He was like, I'm just happy to like show up and work with Greta Gerwig. And like, I just hope that he continues that mentality through his career. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously we're very, he's 23. So we're going to. I know. I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't want him to like. Because he doesn't seem jaded at all yet. He doesn't. Yeah. He seems like he's seriously just happy to be anywhere he is. Right. Like. Which I think is a lot of his appeal. At least for me. Exactly. I think that's why. he's incredibly talented, young, beautiful, Mm -hmm. but just is like, I'm happy to be here. Right. (laughs) He doesn't have that like. Justin Bieber like douchiness to right. him like it, it there's he needs th- like a few more tattoos and, right oh yeah. god Timothy <laughs> with a tattoo <laughs> kill me <laughs> is there anything else about his performance in this movie that struck you or or something about his performance that you think served Lady Bird's story in a better way um and we can have Will edit it out if you don't yeah. have anything profound to say yeah, I don't know <laughs> I mean he is like relatively one-dimensional but just mysterious Mm -hmm. I don't know he has like a good mystery about him and I don't know how much of that is the writing or how much of that is Timothy's interjection Mm -hmm. um yeah I'm not really sure what the the over under on improv in this movie was I feel like from what I've seen of the script it feels pretty close but I'd have to imagine there was some room for improvisation a realization that I had not on this rewatch but on a rewatch like a little over or almost a year ago I realized that I was very much a Danny in high school, the Lucas Hedges character. <laughs> not in not in all the ways. I actually came out a lot earlier than Danny did, and I was much more secure in myself. But in the in the context of the movie, I was definitely more of a Danny, and I would have definitely and I did fall in love with men or the teenage version of love with men who were like Kyle and like I just watching that movie, I was like, wow, I would have let Kyle ruin me right like i would not have been like well, me too so let's yeah never fight over men right exactly i mean it's like what you were saying like you know at the time i probably would have gone to mike's house party or wherever they're heading instead of prom instead Completely. of going to prom with your best friend but i was just so shook by how accurately he portrayed that that guy right that guy who's just a little bit available enough to keep you hanging on but clearly not giving you what you need or deserve <laughs> which the like winds let's of, not get into my dating life <laughs> i was gonna say the winds of experience are blowing over here on the debut episode of chasing just Chalamet. relating to some high schoolers it's fine <laughs> yeah only my high school relationships not recent ones yeah, whatsoever everything is going great for me <laughs> is there anything else about the the film in general any moments that you were like i have to talk about that or other, prof- I mean, like I was saying, this is, I guess, it, it is a Timothy Chalamet podcast, but I could probably give up to 12 hours of commentary on why Laurie Metcalf should have yeah. won an Oscar for this movie. I really don't like that it makes me sort of resent Alice and Janney for winning, because I love Alice and Janney. But we all know. There is nothing that Alice and Janney did in I, Tanya that compares to... Any scene. She was funny and wacky with like a bird. Right. Yeah. yeah. She yeah, she, she got to great. She got but... to put a bird on her shoulder. Like Lori Metcalf literally had to watch Tracy Letts unwrap a pillow with a golf joke on it and just say, It makes me laugh. And that <laughs> it makes, it makes oh my I I think I use that gif more than yeah. any other gif on my phone. <laughs> it's the scene everyone talks about, but her driving around the like, sacrament. We can't leave without talking about the airport. And it's so, I actually, I was looking at the script last night and it literally, it just is like, she drives around the airport. Like it's not like none of that's in the script. That's all Laurie Metcalf. This is my problem with, I could never read a script and be like, 
I get it. Like, right. I'm, I'm clearly not in this world, but, like, wow. Like, mm. the amount that she added to that. And, like, her, her slow facial expressions changing where she starts like sort of crying but almost laughing mm-hmm. and just is panicked it's there's like, like a smile that comes on her face at one point yeah and it's it's it's, it's brutal like i definitely like like i said i watched this by myself in the theater and just like bawled yeah. by myself just so mm-hmm. so amazing and um and she misses her oh and but like and i again coming back to like what another movie would do another movie would like have her just about to go into security and like there she was but like no like she already went through because she was angry she was mad at her mom and she was like fuck it i'm just leaving and then she just was there to hug tracy let's like just i think that's so brave to make that choice Mm because i think it's so easy to go to the cliche it's it's interesting there's like wish fulfillment in her going to hang out with her best friend but there's no wish fulfillment in how her relationship ends with her mom in, in the context of the narrative of the movie. Right. The last time we see them interact. There's like a little bit of hope and that's about it. Right. But when she, when Lady Bird is leaning into the car and she's like, I'm going to college. Mm-hmm. Like, just like that says so much. Like everything is changing. Right. And you're just like still ignoring me. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's fun- crazy that that's the last time they like see each other. I mean, obviously, with the phone call at the end, you get right. But like, that it's a voicemail. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that. Even that choice is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there is no satisfaction really. Right. Like you don't. You don't. It's almost like you don't even need to see their next interaction right. because you you get from that phone call, that voicemail that she leaves, and and again, it kind of parallels the opening of the movie where. She's, like, asking her, like, how did you feel the first time you were driving in Sacramento? And it cuts the, between the shots of her driving for mm. the first time and her mom driving. Mm. And there's just that, like, they're the same. Not they're... The, the thing is, that it's not that they're the same woman, but there's this, like, lineage. There's this complex female relationship. Like a kernel of understanding. Right. Finally. And you just... You can just sense that that's going to grow. And, and as soon as she leaves, she calls herself Christine. To the, like, the, the boy who introduces, yeah, you know, she introduces mm-hmm. herself to you at the party. It's like, she's finally able to mm-hmm. appreciate Sacramento, appreciate her mom, appreciate, mm-hmm. like, the name she was given by her parents. She say, it's, it's Christine. It's the name the you gave me. It's a good one. Oh, yeah. And actually, in the, looking at the script, after she has that, she, after she introduces herself as Christine to the guy at the party, it no longer says Lady Bird in the script. It's Christine. And it's... Just, I mean, obviously, no one would know that if they didn't look at the script. But you get that in the narrative that she is coming into that, and and I love that she's like so messy. Like I love that she's like drunk at the party and what ends is, up in the hospital. Yeah, and... what's the, what does she say? Where she's he's like you have terrible taste in music. It's like all like the greatest hits, and she goes, like, yeah, yeah, they're because the, they're the greatest. Like I, I just I don't think there's a wasted line in this movie. I no. think it's all it's all there, and it's all you need, and it's like a scant like 94 minutes it's like it's it's wild to me this movie is under two hours long because not that it feels that long but you just you just get the breadth of this Mm -hmm. entire life even though it's a year really i well you gotta blow up and then get greta to talk about it (sighs) on your podcast god i I would just so many things new mother greta gerwig (laughs) our queen (laughs) our queen greta (laughs) On that note, let's jump into where we grade the movie on one to five peaches, which, you know, this isn't the peach movie, but we're going to get there. I'm not going to make you explain this to me. <laughs> <laughs> like how sexy I found it. No. So we'll, we'll start. We'll start easy. So on one to five peaches, on a one to five peach scale, what would you rate the movie? I have a hard time giving anything a perfect five. Mm. 
You're one of those. Yeah, it gets a 4.5. 4.5, okay. I, I, I mean, love it. I, so I'd say in the course of a year, I tend to give two to three movies a 5 out of 5. Uh, 2017 was a real a real murderer's row. I think there were like six that year I gave a five. That was like Call Me By Your Name. That was Lady Bird. That was uh, The Last Jedi. That was Dunkirk. The Beguiled Mother. Those were my five out of fives that year. So that was a... A big year. It was a murder... Like I said, it was a murderer's (laughs) row for that year. So there were a lot of five out of fives. But Lady Bird for me was definitely a five out of five. I just don't find a false note. Like I said, I just... I think there's so much life in such a short... Again, it's not a breezy movie, but it just, it feels so effortless. It just feels like the scenes run together and there's no, there's really no like stops and starts. There's no like really, I guess other than maybe just her driving around the airport, there's no like grand gesture. And even then it's literally just her driving around the airport. I mean, it's incredible, but there's no, the music doesn't swell. Like there's no like screeching tires as she like pulls up. Like it's just, it's all happening. There's nothing like huge going on so that's why it's a five out of five for me but i really respect your nothing is perfect <laughs> that's why I'm like on goodreads i can't rate anything perfectly it's probably something wrong with me no you're just you're you're a more astute critic than i <laughs> timmy's performance one out of five peaches we know you're not gonna give a five so <laughs> where's where does it fall i mean for what he did it's pretty pitch perfect i would say and I know we're gonna rate hair, but his hair came to play. So <laughs> um, <laughs> he gets a. I can't rate him higher than any any woman. So he gets a four point three seven five. Wow! Wow! You're getting real technical about this. Um, I don't want to give too many five out of fives now because I, I feel the pressure. Um, <laughs> he really probably deserves a five. But. No, but I I agree with you. Like the the performances in this movie, if you're going to rank them, are like. On a one level, it's, like, obviously Laurie and Sersha, and then, like, Beanie. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to... Who's her s- bitchy friend? Oh, I don't even, I don't even know who that actress yeah. is. She's, like, low-key very funny. Right, yeah. Like, she has some line where they're, like, swimming, and she's like, I want to, like, have babies here and, like, send them to Sacred... Like, it's just, she's so good. Right. Like, it's, it's crazy <laughs> that this, like, bitchy girl we all knew in high school, like, she's so good at that. But yeah, the... The the men in this movie are we we can just put, we can all solidly put their performances under the women's performances because right. they know their place. Even though I think every man male performance in the movie is great, yeah, I'd say it's like a four four point five, and I only dock the point five because I'm intimidated by your reluctance <laughs> to give it a five. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he, then here's where I'm just gonna like throw my fives back yeah. out because it doesn't matter. Uh, Timmy's attractiveness oh, in God. the movie. I'll give him a five of five because he hits all of my notes. Yeah. I, it is a five out of five. And I think we were going to, you had brought this up a bit earlier. So I saw Lady Bird before the Timothy Stan really jumped out Mm -hmm. for me personally. Um, I'd seen him in other movies. Like I'd I'd seen Interstellar. I'd seen Men, Women, and Children. I'm sure I'd seen other movies where I'd seen, he's on season two of Homeland, but I don't remember him. Um, so I'd seen him before, but this was the movie that I really think lit the fire in me. (laughs) The seed was planted. And then, like, Call Me By Your Name just poured propane all over it. Yes. Yeah. yeah the, the spark was... The, what's that? The pilot light. Is that is that a thing? That's a Pil- thing. The pilot light. I think the pilot light was lit by Lady <laughs> Bird, and then you Got right. the gas flowing. Yeah. yeah. Then Luca Guadagnino strolled up in, like, a linen <laughs> shirt and just poured fuel all over the fire. Yeah. The, he, his attractiveness in this movie is... Like I was saying earlier, like, I just... I would have... I would have and did fall for that kind of guy in high school. That, like, moody like, skater-adjacent 
pre-hipster hipster thing. Like, yeah. I just, I get that, and it worked. And that is, yeah, I, it's funny, I watch the movie now, and he seems, like, so much younger than he, I mean, he's 23, like, every year of your 20s, like, I feel like you look so much different. Right. So it's, like, weird to, like, I am actually super nervous to watch Call Me By Your Name in, like, 10 years and be like, oh my god, <laughs> like, he looks like a child, right. and, like, I was so thirsty for this person. You who, can scale it. Who I totally scale, I scale yeah. that all the time when I talk about people who were, like, I found hot when I was younger. Yeah, it's, it's a five out of five peaches for me. I can't even play, like, it's, he's really hot in this yeah, movie. I know. I think every time, I think he says it, like, two or three times, but every time he says, that's hella tight, I'm like, oh. like, it's just, like, a small <laughs> part of me. And then on the same wavelength, his hair, one out of five peaches. I've, I'm going to have a harder time with this because I want to scale it to all of his hair That's styles. True. And I'm not nearly as savvy in this as you are. Mm. But I think he has great hair in He's this. amazing hair, yeah. I mean, if I'm going to... I'll give it another five out of five. It's I, like I'm floppy too. and like thick. There's a, there's a shot where he... It's after they've had sex and he's like leaning forward and there's like one curl in the sh- in the frame. <laughs> Tell me you didn't imagine yourself under it. Oh, he, I mean, what did he last all like eight seconds? Right. Like that's fine with me, honey. Like eight, that's all I need. <laughs> this tiny thin frame. Oh my god, he, his little arms. I, I was like, oh my god. Like I wonder what his Dune body is gonna look like. Like there's no way that he's like gonna be like cut. No. Like, he's not going to, like, Zac Efron. Like, I don't think his body can do that. Right. Which is fine, because he wouldn't be able to, like, wear, like, McQueen suits the way he does if he, like, was cut like harnesses, my goodness. A harness. (laughs) Wasn't he like, I thought it was a bib. They told me it was a bib. Like, that was the one thing where I'm like, the queer baiting. (laughs) Yeah. His agent is gay. Don't ask me how I know that. And I'm just like, he knows what he's doing. Like. Brian, I know what you're doing. No, sure. everyone's wearing harnesses. I know. The, the, some of them are bad, though. The Michael B. Jordan one, the floral yeah. one. You're gonna oh. wear a suit and then just, like, put a harness over no, it. No, he did it right. He did it so right. Yeah. The hair is great in this movie, and and I guess I'm showing my hand a bit for when we eventually do the Call Me By Your Name <laughs> pod, but the one thing about rewatching that, having now experienced, like, Timmy IRL, and then in this movie, is the hair in Call Me By Your Name is not as sexy his performance is so good that yeah. it doesn't really matter. But yeah, this movie, it's like the hair, for better or for worse, is doing like 45 to 50% of the work. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly think Greta knew that. And I think that it's, it's like just long enough. It's just long enough. It's just lush enough. It's like, it's curly, but it's not. There's actually, there are a lot of photos of him where like, he's like wearing like a hat and like the hair is trying to like escape from it. Yeah. And it's, it's not that long. <laughs> it cannot yet. be contained. It can't be contained. He can't be tamed. This is what I mean. I cannot compete with your knowledge of all Timmy's looks. I know. Oh, God. And and that's why I started this podcast. Because mm-hmm. I had to put... <laughs> I had to put the Stan in place. I had to put this energy into something productive. And I'm just so happy that I got to share it with you. Aww. Which is... It's funny because we're putting it into... Uh, the ether? Is that a word? The ether? Yeah. That is a word. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you. I was so excited to talk about this with you, Jessica, because this is like a conversation we have most days because mm-hmm. we're in the office and I'll just like turn my chair. And because of me, like most of your suggested posts on Instagram are either astrology related or Timothy Chalamet related. So I feel like we get to have these conversations all the time, but now we get to to put it put it on the air 
Air it, we're airing we're airing it out. We're airing our dirty laundry. And now we never have to talk about it again. Are you excited? That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> not true it's at definitely all. Definitely not true. Well, I think that about does it for our debut episode, our first episode of Chasing Chalamet. Jessica, thank you so much for being not only one of my favorite people, but for kicking off this journey with me. As I said, when I decided I wanted to finally bite the bullet and try this out, I knew that I wanted you to be my first guest. So thank you. Where can people find you on the internet if they so desire? Yeah, uh, Instagram at jdeal, D-E-A-H-L is the spelling of my last name. It's probably the best place because I am more of a visual person. I kind of just lurk on Twitter, so sure. there's no reason to find me there. No reason to find you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So we won't, we shan't promote you on, on that platform. Please actually don't find me. Only my dark jokes. None of your just faves of them. <laughs> I will like your tweets in from the shadows, <laughs> but I will not share any content. <laughs> Amazing. Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Dane McDonald. The show is on Twitter and Instagram as well. On Twitter, it is Chalamet Chasing, and Instagram, it's Chasing Chalamet. That's weird and backwards, but that's just how it worked. So that's what we're going to go with. Uh, you can email us at chasingchalamet at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Let us all partake in the Timothy Stan universe consider giving us a rating and a review on iTunes. I don't really understand the algorithm, but it helps for people to find the show, and I'd love for people to find and enjoy this podcast. Obviously, the goal is for Timmy to eventually listen, fall in love with me, and ask my mother for my hand in marriage, but for now, I'll take any listeners who want us. My goal and hope is for the show to come out bi-weekly, but please bear with us if that doesn't run like clockwork right away. Uh, And I believe our next episode, we will be discussing Christopher Nolan's Interstellar with friend of everyone sitting here around my kitchen table, Stephen Kropa. Chasing Chalamet is written, hosted, and produced by me, Dane McDonald. The show is also produced and edited by Will Bybee. Our theme music is by Jacob Horn. You can hear more from him and his band, the Jacob Horn Trio, on Spotify, iTunes, and Bandcamp. Our cover art was designed by today's lovely guest, Jessica Deal. And until next time, later. <laughs>